Why should you visit Kings Island? Do it because less time planning means more time for this. Do it to take a one-day family vacation. Do it to catch a serious case of the giggles together. And of course, do it to eat a funnel cake the size of your face. Because here at Kings Island, doing something just for the fun of it is all the reason you need. Right now, everyone pays kids price. Kings Island tickets just $45 online. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and this is The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And The Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on The Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, and iHeart Radio. If you would like to send me an email, same email for the past 28 years, exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is author, researcher, and lecturer Bill Salas. He is also the radio host of the very popular Prophecy Update radio program and is a frequently interviewed on num- uh, numerous notable radio programs and television shows. He's an expert at explaining the prophetic relevance of the Middle East and world events. And I must apologize once again tonight, Exxon Nation, that summer cold is still with me. And I must tell you, I've never seen so many home remedies for a summer cold as you, the Exxon Nation, have been sending me. Uh, Craig, what was the last count? 4,286 different recipes. But I must say the common factor is alcohol. So there you go. Thank you, guys. First of all, Bill, welcome to the Exxon. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, well, it's great to be on your program. And, uh, well, I am a uh, prophecy, Bible prophecy teacher wasn't always a Bible prophecy teacher. Prior to this, I was a businessman, owned a successful mortgage company in Southern California. Yeah. And before that, was actually a musician and pianist in the Hawaiian Islands in my younger days. But uh, it took me through a series of events on my journey, and I wrote a book in 2008 dealing with a prophecy in Psalm 83, dealing with an Arab-Israeli war, which I believe is the conclusion of the Arab-Israeli conflict predicted about 3,000 years ago, and it did quite well, mm-hmm. and uh, enabled me to go full-time into ministry, and since then I've written five more books, and got equal amount of DVDs, companion teaching DVDs that go with those. They're all available on the website at prophecydepot.com. Well, congratulations on, on a fantastic career, and uh, tell me, Bill, why is Bible prophecy so popular these days? Well, 
there's a lot going on in the world right now, and the biblical narrative is starting to make sense, the prophetic perspective. You know, certainly the news is put, uh, putting forward the secular worldview, but you know, everybody wants to know in the back of their mind, what is the future hold for me with respects to Iran's nuclear program or North Korea's nuclear program? What about right. Russia's involvement in Syria? What in the world is Israel going to do with Hezbollah having 150,000 missiles pointed at it? And would, in, would these things affect me? What, what is Donald Trump doing? He's, he's uh, doing all, making all kinds of big moves, moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, the U.S. embassy. He's backing out of the Iran nuclear deal. He's making, seemingly making a deal with Kim Jong-un in North Korea. What, this is all amazing, powerful stuff, but what does the future hold? And you know, no one can really tell you that except if those countries and populations are listed in Bible prophecy because Bible prophecy is the the God of the Bible says in Isaiah 46 9 through 10 he says he's the only one who knows the end from the beginning he says I am God there is no other I am God there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning see that's how he authenticates his sovereignty sets himself apart by knowing the end from the beginning and so we're seeing all these things stage set and there's a whole lot of things said about Israel and Iran and Syria and Russia and even America, I believe, is in the Bible as well. So I think there's an interest going on. Going on. A lot of people are thinking, gee, have we entered into the last days, that, uh, the apocalypse, right. you know, these types of things. So, uh, yes, there is a burgeoning interest in Bible prophecy. Well, have we entered the end days as talked about in the book of Revelation? Well, I do believe so. You know, the end times, the time of the end, the latter mm-hmm. days is a central theme of the Bible. Yes. It talks, that literally talks about a terminal generation, a final generation. And the question is, could we be that or how near are we to that generation? Uh, there's a couple indicators that some of us would say tell us that we are in that final generation. One of them is the rebirth of the nation of Israel in 1948. Mm-hmm. They just celebrated their 70-year anniversary. And a lot of the prophecy experts would take our attention to Matthew 24 when Jesus said to his apostles giving them the indication of when the world hourglass makes its final spin he said uh, learn this parable about the fig tree and of course the the common Old Testament typologies of the fig tree represented the nation of the Israel so when learn this parable when you see uh, the leaves blossoming and things you know that summer's near so it was a it was a, a information prophetically speaking about Israel being rebirthed into the nation of in the land again, as a, uh, a telltale sign of the end times. But you know, even more so than now, Rob, is that a lot of us are seeing all the end time signs converging. There's no weapon that hasn't been fashioned, no technology that's not developed, no national relationship that's not formed or in the formative stages that prevents all end times biblical prophecies from finding fulfillment soon and sequentially. And these ancient predictions. We're not intended to sit on their parchments indefinitely. They will roll off their parchments someday, probably in the near future, a plethora of them, and they will pound down on the pavement, and they will pack a powerful global punch because end times biblical prophecies are globally impacting. One of the parts of the end time prophecies is the, is the, um, oh, what's he called? The, the Antichrist. There are now people that I've spoken to, uh, who claim that Donald Trump is the Antichrist. What is your take on that, being a biblical scholar and expert? Well, um, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people do try to pin the tail on the Antichrist, and uh, that's that's been something going on down kind of actually through the ages. Right. Um, we do have some clues as to the origin of the Antichrist. Uh, yes, he does surface in the end times. He gets revealed in the end times. But he comes, we're told in Daniel, the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 26, that he actually comes out from the people who destroyed the city and the sanctuary, and that's alluding to the Roman Empire who in 70 AD destroyed the city of Jerusalem, and the sanctuary was mm. the second Jewish temple. So we would look for, most of us would be looking for a Antichrist that would come out of European descent uh, in connection with prophecies that talked about a revival of the Roman Empire. So we, of course, we've been watching the European Union closely right. you know, over the last several decades and that sort of thing. So, uh, but personally, I don't see that as being Donald Trump. Um, I do believe the Antichrist is alive today uh, because Satan never really knew when he'd have the opportunity to reveal this his seed, his lawless one is another name for the Antichrist. It says in the Bible, a time would come where there'd be no more restraint upon Satan. 
so he could put forward his closing arguments in the end times. And one of the first things he does is he reveals the lawless one, his Antichrist. He puts him on the scene promptly, his point man. And he, it says that this all happens when there's no longer any restraint with all supernatural signs and lying wonders according to the works of Satan. So he never really knew because the, we, we correlate this restraint being removed upon Satan mm-hmm. with the disappearance of the Christian church and what's commonly called the rapture of the church. So they seem to work hand in hand. The church goes. Satan now has his time in the sun, which will be a short time span to put forward his closing arguments to deceive humanity. And he never really knew, as no one is supposed to set the day nor the hour, time set the you know the vanishing of the Christians in the rapture. So he doesn't really know. There's The Bible is very specific about time frames. There's a seven-year tribulation. There's Historically, there was the Babylonian captivity of the Jews for 70 years. We can go through a list of things where we have a lot of specific time frames. But the one thing that was sort of the um, trump card, the ace in the hole, right. which God never revealed, was the timing of the rapture. It's, it's always been treated as an imminent event. It happened at any time. There were no signs it had to happen in advance. So I do believe the Antichrist is alive today. I don't believe he necessarily knows who he is, um, but I'm sure Satan has a couple candidates he's ready to you know, bring, uh, choose, pick from when the time happens and he's no longer being restrained. In your opinion, uh, what is the next sign that listeners should look for? Well, the there's a couple of prophecies that I believe could happen at the present time, and the reason I say that is because they lack preconditions. In other words, as we look at the details of these things, mm-hmm. we realize, hey, we could wake up tomorrow and this prophecy could happen now. Matter of fact, Rob, I've written a book about that called The Now Prophecies, uh, and these are the ones that lack preconditions. You know, there's there's about 31,000 verses in the Bible, and about a third of the Bible is devoted toward biblical prophecy. J. Barton Payne, the Encyclopedia of Bible Prophecy, actually puts the number at 26.8%, wow. which would be roughly about 9,000 verses. And, of course, many of those have found fulfillment, but many have not. And when they do find fulfillment, they will come in rapid succession, according to analogy Jesus gave us about birth pangs, and I'll explain that in just a moment. All right, stand by, but, please, Bill. We've got to take our first break. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Looking forward to spending the rest of the hour with you. And Exonation, our guest is Bill Salas, and his website is www.prophecydepot.com. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. 
Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on XZBN.net, where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. Welcome back, everyone. Bill Salas is our guest this hour, www.prophecydepot.com. Bill, before we went to the break, you were just going to tell us about two prophecies that we could actually wake up tomorrow morning and find happening or have happened while we were asleep. Absolutely. You'd ask that question about what is the next sign to really be watching for, right. and I kind of gave a buildup as to uh, you know that there's some prophecy that could happen at the present time lacking any more conditions. I want to say one last thing before I give you my couple of thoughts on that. I did mention also before we went to the break about Jesus saying that when the end times events started to happen, they would happen like birth pangs. He uses the analogy in Matthew chapter 24, and and, and alluding to the the type of typology of you know a woman's about to give birth, referring to Jesus Christ would return for a second coming is what he was pointing toward, and in between his second coming there would be these prophecies that would find fulfillment. And like a woman giving birth to a, a baby, the contractions get more intense as the baby's coming down the birth canal, and they become more frequent, right? more powerful, more frequent, and they're unstoppable. So what we're looking at here is probably a rapid, rapid succession of events once we get the next big Bible prophecy. We would say the last Bible prophecy to find fulfillment was about 70 years ago. Uh, it doesn't look like we're going to be waiting another 70 years for the next one. And the ones that follow it would be, again, rapid succession, not another 70 years interval. So what am I looking for? Right now, I'm looking at a prophecy written by Jeremiah, the Hebrew prophet, around 596 B.C., so well over 2,600 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it is dealing with Iran. It's six verses in Jeremiah chapter 49 for your listeners who want to do their own study, uh, verses 40, 34 through 39. And it tells us that there's, and I believe it's a nuclear prophecy, Rob, may very well be dealing with Iran's nuclear scenario right now. I can explain these verses real quickly because I've spoken on this so many times. As a matter of fact, I've written a book on it called Nuclear Showdown in Iran, Revealing the Ancient Prophecy of Elam, E-L-A-M. This is, it's, Elam is the nature of this prophecy. And when you look at a modern-day map of Iran today, Elam would be the territory that hugs the west side by the Persian Gulf, comprises about one-fifth of modern-day Iran, and the other four-fifths would be pretty much called ancient Persia. Matter of fact, Iran was called Persia until 1935 when it was renamed Iran. But Jeremiah writes this prophecy, and it talks about a time when the God of the Bible is going to be fiercely angry with the leadership in Iran, because he says in the prophecy, I will destroy the kings and the princes. And he says that he'll bring about a disaster because he's fiercely angry. And then we find out, well, why are you angry and could it be that this leadership is in place right now, the leadership you're angry with? Right. Well, he's angry because they want to launch something lethal somewhere. And we find this out because it says he's going to prevent that from happening. It says in the prophecy he's going to break their bow and disengage their ability to launch something somewhere at the foremost of their might, which today would be perhaps their ICBMs being missiles they would want to launch, and the nuclear component. Which, by the way, Iran recently came out, now that Trump has backed out of that nuclear deal, and said, uh, lobbying against Europe, say, you know, show us the money. Mm-hmm. The money we're going to lose. Uh, Rouhani just called Macron of France, President of Iran, Rouhani, called Macron of France and said, show us the money. And about two weeks ago, a leader, Iranian leader, went to Europe and lobbied them and said, 
listen, if you don't, you know, come to the table and make things good for us here in this nuclear deal, we can uh, we can enrich uranium again in two to three days and have a nuclear uh, caliber of, of enriched uranium. And matter of fact, in between time, they opened another enrichment plant just about a week ago in Natan. So they're they're moving forward with their threats. But the, it says he's going to prevent them from launching something lethal somewhere. And when that disaster happens, it says that the four winds from heaven will come, and it says the indigenous population will be exiled into all those winds. It says there'll be no nation where they don't go. It sounds like a humanitarian crisis, Rob. Sounds like And it also gives us a few more details about at the time it happens, Iran will have a, a menu of enemies, uh, which we see they have today. They've got Israel's concern. You've got the Sunni states of Saudi Arabia and those Gulf states over there that are Sunni, whereas Iran is Shiite. You've got the international community's concern. That's why they negotiated that joint comprehensive plan of action. Uh, they're trying to stop Iran from spreading its hegemony of terror throughout the Middle East. Iran has threatened to choke off the Strait of Hormoz, where a third of the world's oil still comes through there if they're attacked. So, you know, there's uh, the enemies are there. And so, you know, this is one of the prophecies I'm watching for very closely. It looks like this could end up being a prophecy that the next prophecy to find is fulfillment. What in what in your opinion was the the reasoning for President Trump not to you know not to go ahead with the nuclear deal? Why do you think he pulled out? And was this also prophesied? Well, I wouldn't say that was necessarily prophesied. I would say that may be a step that leads in the stage setting component to the prophecy I just spoke about. Right. The reason he pulled out is well, a couple of things. He had a few things on his hot list that he was concerned about, but he said in the very beginning, he was always open about it in his campaign promises and concerns. He said, Iran got everything in that deal and we got nothing. But he was concerned about the fact that it didn't address their ICBM developments. Mm -hmm. It had a sunset clause, which means it was a temporary you know, uh, stay from Iran enriching uranium. And there was a couple other concerns like that. Those were the bigger ones. Also, it didn't prevent them from spreading their, their noose of terror, as Benjamin Netanyahu calls it, throughout the Middle East. But, you know, you can see what he was looking for and will be looking for. He, he's hoping that by doing what he did, he will actually get Iran in a position where they want to renegotiate a, a better, more smarter deal. And you can see as an example, if he pulls this off with Kim Jong-un in North Korea and actually gets him to denuclearize, then that would be the, what he would be looking for with Iran as well. You know, actually, not just a window period of time where you don't enrich uranium to weapons, nuclear weapons grade caliber. But you actually denuclearize. You know, they're they're a member of uh, Non-Nuclear Proliferation Act. Uh, they signed on. I think it was back at the time of the Shah. But you know, which means they could have nuclear technologies as a member, but no one trusts them that they're going to stop there. And that's why they negotiated the, this deal with them so they would hedge the ability for them to get a nuclear weapon. But I think Trump is wanting them to denuclearize or at least have a guarantee that they would only use it for civilian purposes. But you can't trust them. They're not rational actors, and we've, they've already been caught. Benjamin Netanyahu on May 2nd released a, a hundred, you know, uh, he did a PowerPoint presentation that said they, they, Mossad had an intel capture, one of the greatest in Israel's history, of 100,000 documents from Iran, dealing with Iran's nuclear program, that talked about the fact that they were lying, that they really were concealing a nuclear weapons program, which they always denied. So he was looking to get out hopefully to get a better deal out of it, but because, you know, he's not interested in them having a sunset clause and still getting money and paying for Hezbollah and the Houthis to keep firing missiles around, uh, Houthis firing missiles into Saudi Arabia, uh, this type of thing. So I, I think he was wise in doing that, and we'll see what the outcome will be, but it could lead to what I'm talking about, this war that seems to be eminent in, at this point in time in Jeremiah chapter 49, the prophecy of Elam. Looking at President Trump uh, this week when he was in North, when he was in Singapore with Kim Jong Un and, you know, the U.S. Uh, presence. Uh, whether you are pro President Trump or against President Trump, he set history. As soon as those two hands shook, history was made. Now, do you think that this is going to be a um, a white dove towards global peace, or is this just part of the puzzle? Well. Um We'll see if it even happens for one, because the, you know the, this is going to be a process that he embarks upon. Um, you know he is doing what he said he would do yeah. in his 76 campaign promises, whether people like him or not. 
the next thing he's now moving on, speaking about peace, is he's just sent over his envoys, which one of his son-in-law, son-in-law Jared Kushner, right. over to the Middle East with uh, Jason Greenblatt, another envoy. And they're going to try to now promote their Middle East peace plan. So he is hoping to create peace on in certain areas. He thinks he would be phenomenal if he can get a new, better Iran deal, if he can get North Korea to denuclearize, and if he can come together and get the Arabs and the Jews to have peace, of which I would say the only one that might happen, in my estimation, is the North Korea deal. I don't see Iran working out. I, I see this heading into a war, and as far as the Middle East thing goes, unless he follows the roadmap that's actually prescribed in Jeremiah, Book of Jeremiah about God had a Middle East peace plan that none of the presidents have paid attention to. It's real easy to, to quote, too, as well, if we have time on the show. Sure. But unless he does that, if he continues to try to broker land for peace deals, that's that's not biblically endorsed, and that just won't happen. And that's what the international community wants. That's what the Arabs want. They want to divide Jerusalem. That's why they're all upset when he moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Uh, they wanted to divide it from the east to the west. They, they pulled this off in 1949 after the Arab-Israeli War. They divided East Jerusalem, where the old city of Jerusalem was, with West Jerusalem. But that didn't even last 20 years, because Israel got it back in their Six-Day War in 1967. But, you know, so they, the world wants to divide up the land of Israel, wants to divide up the city of Jerusalem. And in my estimation, from what I understand in biblical prophecies, that absolutely won't happen. What will happen is the end of the Arab-Israeli conflict will be resolved not by land for peace, Diplomacy will fail, and when diplomacy fails, wars commence. And in this case, there's all kinds of prophecies that talk about an Arab-Israeli war. If there's only one God, why are there so many different religions? Why don't the people of the earth, the people of this planet, those that he created in his own image, according to the Bible, why don't we all acknowledge one God. Why are there so many deities? For example, in India, they are, there's gods for everything. And then you have Islam that, you know, goes follows the prophet Muhammad. Then you have Christians who believe in God and Jesus Christ. Why are there so many variations if there's only one creator, one God? Well, um, man, of course, has free will. Yes. God, God did not deprive us of that. And throughout the ages, um, different beliefs and thoughts came together. So, for instance, you look at India, and I'm quite familiar with the Hindu All right, religion. I'm, we're going to have to have a little bit of a cliffhanger here because I've, uh, I was so interested in what you were saying about the Middle East that I let the clock go a little further than I should have. So please stand by, Bill. Exxon Nation, Bill Salas is our special guest. Great hour here in the Exxon. His website, www.prophecydepot.com. We'll be back after this break. And the news, don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. AVS Media. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, 
Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. The June-July edition of the X Chronicles newspaper was released today, and it can be read and downloaded with our compliments, all 92 pages at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. And according to the latest statistics, the X Chronicles is read and downloaded in over 7,800 cities around the world. Let me see. This is uh, year 28 of the X Chronicles. So once again, www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. My guest this hour is Bill Salas. We're talking about biblical prophecies. And Bill is the author of a number of books, including Psalm 83, Nuclear Showdown in Iran, uh, The Now Prophecies, Apocalypse Road, and and others. His website is www.prophecydepot.com. And Bill, before we went to the news break, we were talking about different gods. And, and I mentioned India and the great number of gods that they have, and, and you apparently are quite quite knowledgeable about India. So please, tell us, why do they have so many gods and deities? Yes, well, let's go, we're going to answer the question in two parts. One, sure. you asked, why are there so many different gods, yep. not just in India, but throughout the world? Yes. And I want to tell you about the future of those gods, and it's going to narrow itself down to four final religions in the end times, and ultimately two. But, you know, when you go to India, uh, I studied Hinduism for quite a while. I actually became a yogi before I became a, a Christian. And, you know, they believe in reincarnation. And, and this goes back, I, I came to since realize, having now become a Christian, what, what the religion is about. It goes back to the old garden lie when Satan told Adam and Eve, did, did God say don't eat from that, you know, forbidden fruit right. and, because you'll die? And, and Eve says, yeah. And he says, you won't die. You'll be like God. Well, that was the first lie, of course. And so what you have now in India is that age-old garden lie going on. They, they believe they reincarnate, and they can come back and live better lives through a succession of reincarnated lives to achieve Christ consciousness, to achieve Godhead, so they could be gurus and things like that, uh, which is, you know, the Bible tells us it's pointed to man once to die and then the judgment. So uh, there's a stark contrast between Hinduist re- reincarnation uh, beliefs as well as uh, in comparison to what the God of the Bible says. And also, it works real well for that caste system that they still try to maintain in India. You know, if you're in a lower caste, it's because you've been a real bad person in your past life, and, you know, you need to redeem yourself through a succession of lives. But meanwhile, the Brahmins and all the top castes uh, can live their lives quite pridefully and arrogantly. But the reality is, it tells us in Zephaniah 2, uh, this is the bottom line when it says, Jehovah will be terrible to, unto them. He will famish all the gods of the earth. And men shall worship him, for everyone from his own place, even all the isles of the nations. So God is actually going to famish all the gods of the earth. And contextually, in these verses, he was talking about the Arab gods, which now would really have all morphed into 
the moon god of Allah around the seventh century. The 360 different gods that the Arabs used to worship, uh, they they gravitated with Muhammad to the moon god, which predated these other different gods for the most part, and that was called Allah. And by the way, a lot of people say Allah and Jehovah are the same god. Well, that's that's just not accurate at all because when you look at their holy book called the Quran versus the comparisons of the God of the Bible, they have what are called surahs. So, for instance, the Bible is clear that you know Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is he's a, a part of the Trinity, and Islam rejects the deity of Jesus Christ in Surah 517. They actually reject his de- sacrificial death on the cross in Surah 4 verses 157 and 158. They deny the Trinity in Surah 4 171. And I always read this one because it's it knocks out two birds with one stone. It says, to believe in Allah and so believe in Allah and his apostles, say not Trinity, desist, that would be better for you, for Allah is one. Glory be to him, far exalted is he above having a son. So it knocks out the Son of God, the only begotten Son who died for the sins of humanity, according to Christianity, and it also knocks out the Trinity, which is an essential uh, Bible-based belief sure. as well. So, uh, But the time is coming where there will literally be the God of the Bible, which, you know, Christianity, uh, Judaism will still exist in the end times until the Antichrist tries to kill all the Jews. There'll be a final genocidal attempt by the Antichrist. We're told in Zechariah 13:8 he will actually kill two-thirds of the Jews in the land, and he will be trying to stomp out uh, Judaism. He will be trying to stomp out Christianity to forward his religion. He will actually have, he'll, he'll seek idol, his own worship. We're told in the book of Revelation he'll actually have a world order. No one will buy or sell unless they take a mark upon their right hand or upon their forehead. And it'll be a form of worship, choosing him as the world's Messiah. Before him, though, there'll actually be what's called a harlot world religion, Mystery Babylon, a global world religion that will actually rule over for a while and compete with true Christianity and Judaism. But it will give way to the Antichrist. It says that they will the ten, there'll be ten kings in the earth that will actually desolate that world religion and give all their power and authority to the beast. They call him the Antichrist, the beast. So we're going to get to a point where you got all these different religions, narrowing it down to four, narrowing it down to three, mm-hmm. narrowing it down to two, and then Jesus Christ will return and narrow it down to one, and that'll be Christianity. Let me ask you this, uh, Bill. Um, in the Bible, the, the, the account of Noah, how Noah, his family, listened to God, they build the ark, the animals two by two, 40 days, 40 nights of raining, the waters went around the world, killed all living uh, living animals, creatures, and basically Noah and his family started the entire process over again. Now, if it didn't work in the time of Noah, why will this cleansing work now? Well, because... First of all, when that happened, mm-hmm. God made a covenant with Noah. That's why you have the rainbow as a sim- symbolism that he would never flood the earth again. Right. However, in the end times, he will judge the earth again. Christ rejecting humanity, he uses uh, idioms of fire, you know, that type of a fiery right. judgment. But the thing is, when Jesus returns, deals with the Antichrist, judges the planet, and there's a whole series of judgments that come out in the book of Revelation sequentially, seal, trumpet, seal judgments, trumpet yeah. judgments, judgments, and they get successively worse as they go. Jesus Christ then re- returns, and he restores the earth to an Eden-like condition. The creator of the universe restores the earth to an Eden-like condition. And Satan gets bound for a thousand years, it says. And it says the sinner, in the, and that's going to be called the Messianic Kingdom. It's a thousand-year kingdom in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 4. And Christ will reign here, though, so his presence will be here on the earth. But it says the sinner in that kingdom will die at the age of 100. So there'll be an age of accountability. There will still be a sin nature in man, but he will not, first of all, have the Messiah on the earth so they can he can understand the truth, mm-hmm. but he will not be tempted by Satan for that thousand years. Right now, we're told in 1 John 5, 19, the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one, meaning Satan. Right. So, But there will come a time when Jesus reigns on the earth, he recreates the earth, and Satan is bound for a thousand years in this messianic kingdom. And it says the, the wolf will lay down with the lamb. The young child will put his hand. This is in Isaiah 11. And, and with the cobra's den, there's a whole bunch of neat uh, imageries they give you. And it says the whole world will be covered in full of the knowledge of the Lord. And, you know, so that's, that's how it's supposed to 
go here and, and probably not too far down the road, Rob. <laughs> maybe maybe a decade or two down the road. We just don't know how, how close we are to that. If God is the creator of the universe, why doesn't God just wipe out evil, wipe out Satan to, to protect those his children, us, here on this planet, instead of having the you know, the, the, the end times coming up and the, the constant fight between good and bad. I understand that we have freedom, you know, and freedom of will and so on. I understand that. But as, as a father, myself and a grandfather, if I see something that is going to hurt my, my children or even my friends, family, people I don't know, if I see them going to get hurt, I will step in and, and protect them. So why would the creator, the father of one and all, the creator of the universe, allow evil to persist since I believe he has the power to eradicate it? And, and he will. He's very long-suffering. He wishes that none would perish. Right. Uh, man has free choice. And, you know, so as we know, Hitler came around and did what he did. And oh, you've got yes. all kinds of evil men that do yeah. their things. But there's a, a progression of events that God has got... You know, he's foretold it will happen, and he is going to remedy the situation. He's very long-suffering. If he would have eradicated the problem uh, around, you know, 1980, I would have never been saved because I was a Hindu at that time. Um, I, I've asked him that question many times. When are you going to, you know, curse those that curse Israel? Yeah, That's exactly. part of the foreign, foreign policy in Genesis 12. And I do believe, actually, you know, the Lord can speak to us in our prayers, thoughts, and, you know, even in dreams. We see this going on in... Uh, Iran, supernatural evangelism, dreams, healings, miracles, etc. And I do believe I was given a word from the Lord that I'm a, what part of I'm a long-suffering God, don't you understand? And I think that's really inherent in the in your answer, is that he's, he wishes none would perish. Many people are still coming to faith in him. Mm -hmm. uh, many people will continue to come into faith in him when he pulls the church out of here. He's going to pull the church out in the rapture event before the wrath events happen in the book of Revelation with the tribulation judgments. So there is mercy shown there, but even in that backdrop, there are still many people coming to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, the road is narrow. There are many who won't because it'll be a choice that'll cost someone their lives. There's a lot of martyrdom going on of Christians at that point, but it's also not going to be a popular choice because, as I said earlier in the program, satanic deception will be unprecedented. It'll be unrestrained. We don't know what Satan's got planned to convince humanity to follow the Antichrist. So it won't be a popular choice, and it will be a costly choice. But uh, God is long-suffering, and he's given man free choice, And but he will remedy the scenario, and that's what the prophecies tell us. All right, Bill, please stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. When we come back, we're going to be wrapping up this hour with our very special guest this hour. My God, I said this hour three times, didn't I? Uh, Bill Salas is our guest. His website is www prophecydepot.com and uh, Bill and I return on the other side of this break as the Exxon continues with yours truly Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget the X Chronicles for June and July now available at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. 
Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion? A collection of obscure esoteric practices? A series of doomsday predictions? Or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complementary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chuck full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. Bill Salas is our special guest of this hour exonation. ProphecyDepot.com is his website. First of all, Bill, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure, and please give my very best to LA the next time you see him. Absolutely. You actually, LA Marzulli and I do a uh, about a weekly or every other week report called the Marsalis Report. Right. Play on our last names Marzulli and Salas. So it's prophetic food for thought with the Marsalis topping, we call it. So we try to keep people updated on our YouTube channel on the Marsalis Report. But I will let them know. We're going to do another report in a couple of days. I'll let them know you uh, sent your regards. Uh, I've had the pleasure of having L.A. on the show a number of times, and he is always a welcomed guest back here on the Exxon, as you are. So thank you for all you do. Um, looking at the big picture, Bill, we have all this global conflict. It seems that things are getting worse instead of better. I've even noticed a lot of people leaving Christianity and going into paganism because according to the people who are leaving, Christianity and the uh, Catholicism and so on are not keeping up with the times. And, and how do we address this? Uh, and, and what is your opinion when, when these people leave you know, Christianity or, any, or Catholicism and they go to paganism, witchcraft, Wiccan? Well, it's, it's saddening. Um, I, I do believe that if they would read their Bibles and uh, have their faith and prayer and their walk with the Lord, they would not be uh, influenced to leave. You speak of Roman Catholicism, uh, you know, that's an entirely kind of different brand of Christianity. There's a lot of things to understand about the Vatican and their, yeah. their catechisms and their teaching. Um, there are, but you, you know, the other thing I would say is that there are a lot of people coming to Christianity right now, especially in, like, let's take Iran, for example. It's the fastest-growing evangelical really? population in the world. Many Muslims are converting to Christianity because there's supernatural evangelism going on. This is a place where the church is heavily persecuted. I've, I've been on TV shows in there. They translate in Farsi, and I teach Bible prophecies in English. And what happens is you hear these stories about dreams, visions, healings, and miracles that are taking place. And, you know, several million have converted to Christianity. We can't get a full count on it, but, I mean, then they continue to come in, in record numbers. We're finding the same thing in Pakistan, parts of India, and that sort of thing. So I often caution American Christians that think they're generally the, the exclusive representative of the body of Christ mm -hmm. to, to look abroad, to see where God is very busy in other places. And he is doing what he said he would do, wishing that none would perish. 
rolling up his sleeves and getting involved in the evangelization process. But the biblical prophecies, Rob, are extremely important. They're an evangelical tool. They're uh, invaluable predictions outsourced from God with 100% accuracy intended to authenticate his sovereignty, to equip us for the days in which we live. And if we pay attention to them, they can spare our lives. We can avo avoid episodes that, you know, we know something's coming in a certain area or a certain time. We can prepare for that. But it also can save souls. You know, it's a witnessing tool. I came to know the Lord through studying the book of Revelation by a uh, he's since passed away, Chuck Missler, but an excellent Bible prophecy teacher. And, and so I often try to evangelize through Bible prophecy and say, look, if God said this would happen, and it happened 100% like he said, mm -hmm. um, doesn't that get your attention? It certainly got mine. And, and he's still got things he said that are on the books that are going to roll off the parchment soon that will also happen. And doesn't that give you some um, desire to want to know him? to want to understand what his word says, what else has he got to say, what else is he about. And uh, to me, it's an amazing situation because the, the, the promise that is given when you put your faith in Jesus Christ is not only eternal security, but an abundant life now. Uh, you start to realize that your circumstance is no longer happenstance. You actually embark upon a romance, a relationship with God, and a personal relationship with your Savior. It doesn't mean you won't have persecution. These places in Iran and these other places are extremely persecuted. They get thrown in jail. They're caught with a Bible. I mean, it's unbelievable. But you realize, listen, you're not alone in this world. There really is a God. The faith, it says, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And through our faith, it's impossible to please God without our faith. But through our faith, we realize he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's a, it's a mystery. It's magical, Rob. And I would invite anybody who has not made that decision to accept Christ as their, their Lord and Savior and walk with him and, and read his holy word to, to do that because it's the most amazing thing that can happen. It's the most important decision one can make. You know, um, I, I think that one of the misconceptions that a lot of people have when it comes to, to Christianity is that once you accept Christ and God, it's easy street. Well, that is, in my opinion, one of the biggest misconceptions because I'm sure that that part of the plan is that we have to do our fair share in making things happen. So how do you as a, a, an evangelist deal with that misconception? Well, it's absolutely not easy, Street. I mean, no. and I can give you example after example. You still live in this wicked world. Yes. Um, you know, and you try to, there's this process you embark upon after you get your salvation, it's called sanctification, where you work with the Holy Spirit indwells you and he tries to set you apart from the carnal things of this world and transform you into the likeness of your Savior. That's a process. But, you know, you go at your own pace working with this patient Holy Spirit because you can still make all kinds of mistakes. You can still have those same temptations that are common to man and go forward on that. But I'll, I'll tell you this, though. Uh, an example of two gals who wrote a book called Captive in Iran they got saved. They went to Turkey because you can go from Iran to Turkey. They still have home churches. on. You can go there for a three-month visa. And they had no ability to leave from there and go out. As many Iranians try to go out and go into the world, they had to go back into Iran. And they realized that when they back, went back in Iran, they were so on fire for the Lord, they had to do something to serve him. They started passing out 20,000 Bibles in Tehran because they felt compelled to do it. But they knew it was under the pain of death. And so, sure enough, they got caught, they got thrown in jail, they were sentenced to death, they spent 256 days in the, the uh, Evan prison, which is the notorious, terrible prison in Iran, and they were sentenced to death, and they turned, turned the prison into a church. They were praying for people, singing worship songs, leading people to the Lord, and the public outcry got so enormous that they were actually released by Iran. So it had to have been a miracle in itself. But I'm just saying that people... Count the, especially in these places, count the cost of their Christianity. It's not a cakewalk. It's not easy street. And if it is, you might want to ask God, how come? Because, you know, there is an enemy running around. It says, and, and Peter tells us, it's like the devil is like a roaring lion seeking around who he may devour. You know, we have a wicked one controlling the whole sway of the world. So, you know, we, we, you know, we, we don't get an easy street. And uh, so that would be my answer to that. Bill, a lot of people believe there's an extraterrestrial biblical connection. I've been doing this show now for 28 years, five nights a week, four hours a night, and I've heard, I've heard it all. 
But I just can't wrap my head around an E.T. alien, angel, God connection. I've got about uh, three minutes. Can you make any sense of that, or what is your opinion? Well, um, the, the fact that there are other intelligent beings in the universe mm -hmm. is a known fact in the Bible. I mean, there are different types of angels, cherubs, seraphs, uh, archangels, ordinary angels, um, and fallen angels. And right. you know, we're even told in, by Paul in the Ephesians that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle with these hosts of wickedness and spiritual, and spiritual darkness. So, you know, the fact that there are higher intelligent beings is not a new phenomenon. It's been known. You've got interfaces with Michael the Archangel and Gabriel, you know, talking to Mary about her conceiving Jesus, sure. et cetera. Um, but the masquerade of other intelligent beings from other planets, to me, is nothing short of fallen angels following a satanic plan of deception that's about to hit the earth when there's no more restraint we talked about in the first segment. And they're not going to come with little halos or wings on. They're going to come looking like they're higher intelligent beings because we find out angels are higher in strength and in intelligence for the most part than human beings. And they're going to come and dupe the world. And they're going to, the, the one thing that will throw the biblical narrative out the window is when, when these fallen angels come out not dressed up as angels, masking, masking around saying, look, we created you or we're a higher intelligence. You're not alone in this universe. Because the Bible says this is a unique scenario. This is the theater of earth where, you know, man gets saved by putting his faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm sure that, I mean, my, my best guess is when Satan is no longer restrained, he's going to come out with the E.T. scenario and, and deceive the world. And they're going to they're buy into it. I mean, why wouldn't it? Yeah. To think you know, myopic view that you're, you're alone on this little teeny planet in the cosmos. And how foolish, right? Don't you believe that Christian narrative? So <clears throat> I, I, I don't think people should be surprised that, there's higher intelligent beings. It's all over the Bible. And the disclosure, even Tucker Carlson on Fox News is starting to disclose these sightings and things by, you know, high-ranking Air Force pilots. And it's just a matter of time until I believe the full disclosure comes. Speaking about disclosure, my guest in the next hour is Stephen Bassett from the Par Paradigm Research. We're going to be talking about disclosure. So, Bill, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure. The door is always open for you and uh, L.A. to come back and join us. Quickly, let our listeners know how they can find out more about you, where they can buy your books and your videos. Absolutely. Hey, thanks, Rob. I'd love to come back on your program, and I will tell L.A. about the invitation as well. Uh, the books and DVDs and media shows I do and articles I write are all available at prophecydepot.com, prophecydepot like homedepot.com. And when you <laughs> click on that site, you'll see we actually have a daily newspaper that gives you an, a look. We examine current events through the prophetic lens. So give us a shot over at prophecydepot.com. Bill, take care of yourself, and uh, keep the great work up, my friend. Pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Rob. ExoNation, my guest this hour has been Bill Salas. His website, once again, is www.prophecydepot.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can get the June-July edition of the X Chronicles newspaper with our compliments at www.prophecydepot.com xchroniclesnewspaper.com Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com.
Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.